One more item. Here's something a lot of us have in common. Broken appliances. Broken air conditioner. Broken down heating system. Broken down washer dryer. Broken down refrigerator. And if you're a homeowner, you know just how expensive it is to get one of those things fixed, let alone what happens if more than one appliance breaks down at the same time. Well, if you're a homeowner, you can get all of your appliances on a warranty plan that guarantees protection for all of your home appliances in case they break down. And best of all, it will only cost you about a dollar a day. Call the Home Service Club at 800-264-3168, 800-264-3168. The call is free, and if you're one of the first 25 callers, your first month membership in the Home Service Club will also be free. Home Service Club, warranty plan, Guarantees protection for all of your appliances for less than a dollar a day. 800-264-3168. 800-264-3168. Hi, this is Perry Gilpin, and you're listening to TV Confidential. I'm going to dedicate this number one jingle, right? We have my good friend Jonathan and Marilyn out there, and they're visiting New York, and they wanted to hear this. This is very strange people. The best music on the best station. the way to do it. All right, let's go. Let's go back to work. That's for them. They're requesting jingles now. Ed Robertson, along with guest Bruce Morrow. Bruce Morrow, the legendary radio personality, better known as Cousin Brucey. Cousin Brucey introduced millions of listeners across the United States to the Beatles, Motown, 60 Soul, surf music, and other iconic musical artists. Cousin Brucey knew John, Paul, George, and Ringo very well. We'll ask him about that in just a second. We'll also talk about some of the other musical artists that he has gotten to know over the years. In the meantime, you can listen to Cousin Brucey every Saturday night, uh, beginning at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific, on Cousin Brucey's Saturday Night Rock and Roll Party, which airs every week every, uh, live on 77W ABC Radio New York, WLIR, in Hampton Bays, New York, as well as around the world on the WABC app, and on wabc.com. You can follow Cousin Brucey on Facebook. I have to ask you, you are in your eights, but you sound like you're in your twos and threes. You sound like you're in your 20s and 30s. What do you do to stay in shape? How do you keep your energy? You know, when people, someone quotes, I think the New York Times called me the octogenarium discharge. (laughs) It made me laugh. You know, I just don't feel that I'm 80 because the perception of somebody 80 it's pretty old, right? Mm-hmm. I am not old. I don't look old. I don't feel old. I don't act old. I think it's the music, the music that keeps me young. I keep in shape. I uh, hike. Uh, Jody, my wife Jody, and I climb and hike. Watch what we eat. I don't drink that much, mm-hmm. right? And, uh, you know, once in a while, a little socially. And I'm just very careful. But I think the most important part, to answer your question, is that I love what I'm doing. I love my life. I love this audience, and this is what keeps me young, keeps my spirit. My energy is huge. You know, I always tell people, someday when the Lord is ready for me, I have to come to the golden microphone in the sky, I'm going to blow up in 25,000 pieces, because that's what I feel like. I feel I feel like a, a, a boiler, right? And I feel I have such strength in me. And I know that someday, I hope nobody's in the room when I go, it's going to it's going to be murder. <laughs> it's gonna well, rip. well, it's going to blow up. 
hopefully when you do explode into 25,000 pieces, some of that energy will, will, will be passed on to the next generation of, of radio hosts, you know? Uh, okay. Yeah. Well, that's a pretty ugly thing that I said. Well, that's... Uh, you, you know you, what I, I meant is that I just have such energy. No, no, no. Yeah, I, but I know what you're saying, and I would like to think that when that day comes, which hopefully will not be for a long, 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 long time, I hope the Lord will first ask for a request first. <laughs> Got to ask you, because we mentioned in our open that you were really the first to introduce millions of listeners uh, across the U.S. to the music of the Beatles in December 1963. And in fact, I understand that uh, the first song you played was I Want to Hold Your Hand. Yeah, that was uh, that song, which, uh, you know, they were earlier Beatles records, mm-hmm. and none of us liked it too much. They came over on the Swan label. DJ label, and uh, didn't get much airplay. The Beatles, because that didn't just happen. It wasn't like the Lord came down and said, you have been a good people, I hereby give you the Beatles. It didn't happen that way. There was a lot of money, a lot of promotion, a lot of hype put behind the Beatles before they came over here to this number one market, to the United States. Uh, I was very lucky, because I was on this big station, which became... W A Beetle C. Yes. 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 That's how powerful they were. W A Beetle C. So one day, a promotion man, somebody who, who delivers records to people like myself, right, came up with an armed security guard with a handcuffed attaché on his right wrist. In that attaché case that was handcuffed was the first Beetle record to really make it up to hold your hand. Now it was. It put away with a handcuff because I was not allowed to have it until 9 o'clock because that's when I guess they released it different places in the country. So at 9 o'clock, he uh, takes the handcuffs off and opens the attaché and hands me this record, which I played, by the way, 10 times that night. It didn't stop. The audience went crazy. The phones went crazy. The Beatles were born. And that's where it really started. Quite amazing. You know, in those days... Within about two weeks of that record being played, you couldn't go anywhere without seeing or feeling something about the Beatles. I'll give you a quick story. It's kind of fun. A little little silly, but it's funny. Johnny, uh, Little Johnny would call me on the telephone, on my request line, and said, Hey, Brucey, how you doing, cuz? How's everything going? Hey, would you play a record for me and the, my girlfriend, Susie? We live in the Grand Concourse in the Bronx. Thanks, cuz. All right. Figure this out. Two weeks later, two weeks later, this is, by the way, a silly way of introducing what I'm going to say, but it's true. Two weeks later, the same guy gets on the phone with me, and it sounds like this now. Hello? Is this your majesty, cousin Sir Brucey? This is Sir Johnny of the Bronxshire on the Grand Concourse. Would you mind playing a record, old chap, for me and the bird, Lady Suzanne? Play something by the Beatles. Thank you, your lordship. He'd hang up. Now, what I'm trying to show there is that suddenly everybody became an Anglophile. Mm-hmm. Everybody yeah. wanted to speak with an English accent. They dressed like them. Mm-hmm. They had their haircuts like them. I mean, and, and everybody spoke with clipped English. It was an amazing thing. The Beatles immediately became sociologically significant. And not just music but everything, dress, quaff, 
the way we spoke. And you know, when that happens, you have a phenomenon that lasts to this day with great strength. You had a chance to interview the Beatles uh, many times throughout your career, Brucey, and, and as we mentioned in our open, you introduced them to 50,000 uh, fans at uh, Shea Stadium in August 1965. What were the Beatles like in person? What were your impressions when you, when you talked to them? Well, you know, when they first came over here, they were quite nervous. You know, they, they carried on a lot. They acted like they were wise guys, but they really weren't. They were serious guys who were scared stiff because with all their success over in Europe, they never, ever felt thing that occurred and was going to occur here in the United States. So they were kind of, kind of uh, a little nervous. John was absolutely lovely and extremely bright. Paul was a little nervous in those days, but a delightful guy. Ringo, well, Ringo was sort of stayed in the background a little bit. And George, who everyone called the quiet beetle, really wasn't. He was extremely intelligent and was always thinking about something. And there's a, an interesting picture with me uh, that I have. Uh, it's on my website, I think, now, on my Facebook page right now. And it's uh, the boys, the four of them, looking directly at me and listening to me speak. And according to their official photographer, this has never happened before because they never, they never paid attention to one person. They were always fooling around, throwing pillows, throwing uh, bubble gum at each other. They, they had to carry on because I think this is what gave them relaxation because it was a very nervous, scary time for them. Cousin Brucey, Saturday night rock and roll party, Saturday night, 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific, live on 77 WABC Radio in New York at sister station WLIR-FM, Hamptons Bay, New York, as well as around the world on the ABC, on the WABC app and WABCradio.com, as well as every streaming platform you can think of. You can follow Cousin Brucey on Facebook. Now, in our open, uh, we talked a little bit about the relationship between TV and rock and roll music, and I understand that... Uh, this is back in the 70s. Uh, I don't think you were at uh, WABC. I think you were at uh, WNBC at the time. But I understand I one. You were, yes, you're right. You're I, I understand two TV icons dropped into the station one night, uh, one being Bob Hope, the other being Jackie Gleason. <laughs> yes. Well, it's very rare that I, I am starstruck or speechless. Mm-hmm. Can you imagine a door opening and... Uh, one of the uh, one of my producers bring in these two men, and as soon as I saw them, my eyes, my guy dilated, <laughs> like whoa, right, whoa, and uh, they walk in together unannounced. By the way, they were in town for some business, which I'll explain in a minute because mm-hmm. I got involved in it. And uh, Bob Hope says to me, "Hi, Bruce, I'm Bob Hope," <laughs> and I said, "Whoa, I know," and I'm Dennis Jackie. <laughs> You know, like, wow, two of my heroes. And they said, uh, tomorrow we're going to be in Central Park on NBC doing a special. It's really happened. It's amazing what happens to me. It's like I get the wildest things happen unannounced. And that's what's so good about it. It's a surprise. So he said, in the show tomorrow, we're going to be doing a DJ uh, bit, a little disc jockey. Can you teach us to become, how to become disc jockey? What do we have to do? By the way, this is all on the air live. Mm-hmm. 
I, you know, leave the mics open. You don't close the mics when Bob Hope and Jackie Gleason walk in. It's good you radio. You forget, you forget your format. You invent a new format. Mm-hmm. So I got them on the air. Uh, they both read commercials. They did part of my job for me. And I taught them how to introduce records. I taught them how to kind of, you know, talk up to a record, which means, you know, an instrumental starts, and the music plays, mm-hmm. and then suddenly the vocal comes out. Mm-hmm. I taught them how to do that mm-hmm. smoothly. Taught him how to tell time and weather, and I gave him the whole thing. Well, after that was over, he said to me, you know, I don't know how to pay you for this. We really appreciate the time. I want to invite you on the uh, TV show. You're going to introduce me tomorrow to our NBC television audience. So I did it. And it's a great picture of me and Hope introducing Bob Hope to the NBC television audience, which was a thrill for me, a wonderful thrill. I was scared stiff. Scared stiff. You got to know, you're fortunate to get to know so many of the great musical artists of the last five, six decades. We don't have time to talk about all of them, but one I was very pleased to find out that you were very good friends with is Harry Chapin. I love the music of Harry Chapin. Tell us a little bit about your friendship with Harry. Well, Harry, Harry's a genius. Harry was one of the most prolific poets of our generation's. He was an amazing man. Uh, I used to uh, do some NBC television news musical reports. And one day they sent me out to his home out in Long Island. I, I still feel so badly that we lost this mm-hmm. great talent so early in his life. And uh, he and I walked on the beach. And uh, I, uh, in those days, I think we were filming. We weren't videotaping. And uh, we were talking music and talked about all the songs that he sang that we, that we loved so much. He was a great folk artist. And that day, he looked at me and said, I need some help, Cousin Brucey. I want you to promise me something. I said, anything, Harry. Because I've met him several times mm-hmm. before. Mm-hmm. And he's a giving, he was a giving soul. Yes, he was. And he said, uh, I'm very, very concerned about people not eating all over the world. There's a terrible hunger situation going on. Would you help me? I'm going to start an organization called World Hunger Year. Would you help me with that? And I said, you have my word. I shook his hand. He gave me a hug. Two weeks later, he was gone. Wow. And to this day, I do help World Hunger. It's become one of my, one of my charities that I help. I, I have to ask you this. Harry was known for songs that, how should I put it? They were not AM friendly because they weren't always three-minute songs. Some of Harry's songs, because Harry was such a great detailed storyteller, some of Harry's songs would go on seven, eight, nine minutes. Did you ever have problems playing Harry's music on your show? Oh, in those days we had a lot of problems because we really couldn't play anything more than two and a half to three minutes Mm -hmm. because we couldn't afford the time because we had so many commercials Mm -hmm. to do. In those days we were running, what, 15, 16 minutes of commercials. So Harry's records, unfortunately, had to get buried a lot. They didn't get as much air as possible. However, after a while, some smart programmer started sending us edited versions of Harry's nine-minute songs mm-hmm. that came down to two minutes and 45 seconds. Harry Chapin got his play. But I always tried to make room for Harry's poetry. Because when Harry sang, you had an opera. You had a piece of life. And he was just so brilliant. And to this day, I listen to Harry Chapin's music. It holds up perfectly. And has longevity. Harry Chapin will always live. One of my favorites is WOLD, which really captures the life of a radio disc jockey, especially in the 50s and 60s. Oh, 
Oh, it's wonderful, wonderful song. I am the morning DJ. He had the echo. Yes. Had the, re- the repeat on it. Yeah. And he had the whole feeling. Well, just like the song Taxi. Yes. I mean, think about OLD is a great song. Mm-hmm. Taxi is so poignant, so sad, mm-hmm. so victorious, so so lifelike. I mean, you listen to the lyrics of that. You listen to that story. You are there in that taxi riding with Harry Chapin, as you are in W-O-L-D-D-D-D-D-D. <laughs> you can listen to Cousin Brucie every Saturday night on W-A-B-C-C-C-C Radio in New York, uh, W-L-I-R in Hampton Bays, New York, as well as around the world on the W-A-B-C app, the W-A-B-C app, W-A-B-C Radio Cousin Brucey, Saturday Night Rock and Roll Party, WABCRadio.com. You can follow Cousin Brucey on Facebook. Brucey, please come back and visit us on TV Confidential. Good. We can have part two. Plenty of stories left. We'll take a quick time out, then we'll continue our look at how network TV news covered the buildup to the Beatles prior to their appearance on The Ed Sullivan Show on February 9th, 1964. All that and more when we come back on TV Confidential. An adult elephant can weigh up to six tons. The average person, 150 pounds. Ever heard of carfentanil? It's a large wild animal tranquilizer. Illegal drug dealers lace heroin with it. It can kill the average human. If you or a loved one is addicted to opiates, even pain pills, don't wait until it's too late. Call the Detox and Treatment Helpline now. We care. Many of us have been where you are. We'll take you or a loved one away from the drug environment to a place you can clean out safely. Plus, we'll work with your insurance company to make sure you get the treatment you need. And with a Family Medical Leave Act, you're allowed by law to get away for help without telling your employer why. Call now to save a life. 866-490-3991. 866-490-3991. 866-490-3991. Be part of our conversation. If you like what you hear, have thoughts on this week's program, or have an idea for a future edition of TV Confidential, we'd love to hear from you. You can email us at talk at tvconfidential.net, talk at tvconfidential.net. You can also message us at facebook.com forward slash tvconfidential, x.com forward slash tvconfidential, or at TV Confidential on Instagram. And if you're listening to us on the TV Confidential podcast, please be sure to hit the subscribe button. This portion of TV Confidential is brought to us by our friends at Front Porch Realty, the community of realtors in the Northern Bay area of California that is committed to finding the solution that is best for their clients. Whether you're a first-time home buyer or looking to sell or lease your property in Northern California, call Karen Strain at 415-886-7411. Or visit frontporchrealtygroup.com for more information on how they can help you.